When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United. and part of the Night Men Podcast Network. We're back after United's 2-2 draw with Tottenham. And it is their final Premier League game of the month. Rob was there. A little bit disappointing. little bit flat. We'll talk about that a little bit on today's show. Although we will also talk about one player who could potentially save Man United's season. Uh, I'm sure if you clicked on this, he's probably in the title. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. We're talking about Lissandra Martinez, who returned to a hero's welcome after a long-term injury. But Rob, uh, how are you doing? It's cold. Very cold and it's snowing outside. So my least favourite weather, Scott, I don't like this. Why is it your least favourite weather? <sighs> I don't like falling over and slipping over in the snow. It's a bad look, you know, and I do that quite regularly. I don't know why. A little bit of ice and I suddenly am a bit like a gazelle. I can't walk. I'm crawling down the pavement towards the local coffee house. Um, and Need worried. a sled. <clears throat> well, exactly. I do live on a little bit of a hill, so I could, I could just slide all the way down. But again, when you're getting old, it's not a good look, mate. I don't mind the snow. What I really don't like is when it's cold and then you get that cold breeze just blowing in your face is the worst thing i was i was out yesterday went to the fifa best awards and it was mm. awful in terms of the the cold uh getting in your face this kind of thing and that was just in the auditorium while they go and, the oh my god and yes the fifa best awards Lionel messi still the world's best player so uh into miami still the best football team in the world yep mls high quality top league anyway we're going off piste uh, this is the Promised Land podcast, and uh, we talk about Manchester United. We're going to talk about today, Lisandro Martinez, as I said. We'll talk a little bit about the Tottenham game. A lot of takeaways, some displeasure among mm-hmm. the fan base. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into it a little bit. So Jim Ratcliffe has talked to the Man United Supporters Trust, must as well. And uh, proof's in the pudding, obviously, or the I, th- I think as must put it, the, in the eating of the pudding. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think this, what Sir Jim has said essentially doubles down on everything that we've learned about him so far yeah. and his intentions for Manchester United. Uh, there was also a, a quote from, uh, Sir Dave Brailsford, which I'll, I don't know if you've seen Rob, but we'll dig into it later in the show as well. And then at the end of the show, we'll talk about Karen Benzema. Can he save Man United season? Will he end up at Old Trafford? Uh, as understudy to Rasmus Hoyland or playing <laughs> instead of Rasmus Hoyland and not receiving passes as Marcus Rashford runs with his head down into the space that he's... Uh, I don't want, I don't want to poke fun at Rashford, but, you know, talking about the Hoyland goal the other day, lovely finish from the kid. 
Very, very good. But it was a bit of an accident, the way the goal came about. <laughs> Not because they worked it brilliantly. Maybe they did. They worked it up the pitch quite well. But I think Rashford got his head down, tried to cut inside, got tackled, and the ball bobbled to Highland, who uh, thundered it into the top corner. But uh, Rob, what, what was it like? Uh, just for the people, because I wasn't there, obviously. What was it like for the people who were watching it on telly? Seemed a bit flat to me. Yeah, look, the atmosphere was good at the start, no doubt about it. And when Hoyland takes that opportunity and puts it in the top corner, the you know, stadium exploded. It was, it was fantastic for all of a few minutes. As you said, Rashford was a little bit of a mistake. It wasn't an assist from Marcus. It was, I'm going to run, put my head down and get caught, which is what how it worked. And then Rasmus did the rest. <clears throat> but I just think, Scott, there was a, a kind of feeling in the stadium throughout the whole 90 minutes that we're just seeing this performance over and over and over and over and over again. But there's nothing new. It's the same players doing the same things with the same tactics. How long we can talk about injuries affecting tactical choices or what the manager can do with his team, I don't know. But it does feel like, and this is one of the things I said to you off camera, is that with Ineos's ideas that you improve 1% at a time, to me, it feels like Ten Hag's Man United are kind of in decline 1% at a time. And I just had kind of feeling, Scott, sat in my seat that I've had with previous, previous managers that I've backed. So I sat there and I can remember with Moyes, I can remember with Van Gaal, I can remember with, with Jose, with Misty Eyes, I can remember with Ole. I'm sitting there going at a point, I kind of feel like I've seen all of this a lot and it isn't great so I thought Tottenham played well I thought Tottenham could have won the game really in the end um I think Man United were all right with getting the draw at the end of it but let's be honest Scott you should be winning these games it's the only way it should be you've got to win at home and if you don't win at home you're not coming top four well Rob they could have won because he brought on Scott McTominay and he missed a header in the 95th minute yeah yeah which was the plan and if well, that the is, plan was to score it, but you know, yeah. If the plan is that, the plan is get get Scotty on for twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and Scotty wins you the game. Then I'm afraid your plan will fail more times than it succeeds. It will succeed sometimes, and like you said, they're like that ball comes in the box just right in front of us here on the right hand side where I see it, and you could see he was unmarked. Like you were like this, this it's a goal. I think I, mean, I think that came out of my mouth. I went goal because I was like he's just got to nod this down. But I think he kind of mistimed his jump a little bit and obviously didn't even hit the target. If that's all you got, if that's, if that's how you're going to win football matches this season, guess what, Scott? You're coming eighth. That's it. And and if you do come eighth and you make these choices and that's your tactics off the bench, I don't really think the new billionaire in town is going to watch that from the stands. And he was there as well, you know, not so far away from us. Sat with Fergie, sat with Brailsford, sat with Murto. They're not going to come away from those games thinking, oh, yeah, we, we'll be patient with this. Because we're not patient. It's just, it's very dull, Scott. The tactics are rubbish. The performances are not good enough. And Ten Hag has to find a way. It's just as it's just as blatant and as basic as that. Jose Mourinho's out of a job now. <laughs> Although, I, like, if, if I'm picking one place, he's going back to Todd Bowley's Chelsea, surely. Sure. Or Newcastle. I don't know. You know. But we've had him before. Or on holiday. Who do you think the most successful post-Ferguson manager has been? Well, the most successful in the whole period of the 10 years, undoubtedly, is Jose Mourinho. So why? Bring because, him back. Because Jose in the Bring first year. Bring him back. What a... <laughs> I used to get 
like tons of flack on social about especially at the end about my opinions about Jose. And the thing was, again, he, I wanted Jose to replace Van Gaal. I thought after two years, Van Gaal was done. Jose was available through that winter. And, and it was quite obvious United were going to go for him. And it was quite obvious as well that Ed Woodward was like, oh, Galacticos, mm. oh, former Real Madrid manager, let's go there. And I think we all agreed with it at that time, you know. I think I was definitely pro Mourinho. I was. I, I love him. I think he's brilliant. Well, what we like, Box what office, I... not, not in terms of tactical. <clears throat> he's not at the... T- the top of the tree in terms of tactical outlay in the modern game. But I love him. I think he's box office. And that's a problem because I think the thing is, is that Jose's pressers are more interesting than his football. So mm-hmm. that's a bad look for me in the modern day. Like, I think you need to do a bit of both. Um, and I think tactically, uh, I th- I think the thing is with Jose was that when he came to United, he made this big speech to all of us about how he was going to play the United way. And I'm going to create this team in the image of Manchester United, not in the image of Jose Mourinho. And I thought, I like that because you get a bit of both then. You're going to get a bit of both. And the first season, you win the European trophy, you win the League Cup, and you play some really good football, like to an extent. And it, and it did feel like an exciting brand of football that had the best elements of Jose's football and allowing these superstars to go and do their jobs, like the Ibrahimovic of the world. I think Jose Mourinho, I don't think there was a place for him in the Premier League at the moment, not tactically. You know, like we came to Chelsea. Chelsea. We, you, you say Chelsea, but I don't think I don't think he takes a young team and improves. No, but that, it. that's the that's the fun of it. Well, that's the fun of it, but I I'm not sure that this new owner at Chelsea <coughs> has those aspirations. Like I think if you went back to Jose for a third time, the Do potential it, for the potential for egg on Do your it. face is big. <laughs> Sorry, they've gone on their faces already. We're talking about how bad United season's been. They're below, still, just about, still below Man United. As it but stands. but do you know what? If you've if you got brain, you stick with Mourinho, with, with Pochettino. You, you say to him, we get over this period. It's not good. The football's not very good. But you can take young players, make them progressive and form a team down the line. Now, I watched Chelsea, Scott, and I still feel, even though they've not done as well as United at certain levels in terms of gathering points, I don't think United are any better. I don't. Like, I think United hit the same stumbling blocks every week with senior players. At least with Chelsea, they've got younger players that they're trying to blood and get through. And yeah, they have got senior players as well, but they're, they're a team in transition. They're trying to build something and it will take time and I've spent a billion quid on it already. So you're not, you're not happy if you're a Chelsea fan, but I think you've got the right manager and you can stick with that manager because he's not been there that long. Believe me, they're having the same conversations that we're having. I know they are. Yeah. But anyway. Chelsea team has always sat the managers anyway, like as a club. They've always just gone, oh, well, we're not happy this week. Let's sack him, get another one. But I don't know this manager. Like this this owner wanted Graham Potter. That was his guy. He gave Graham Potter a chance and then sacked him because of pressure. I think if he could rewind it now, I think he'd probably look back and go, should have just stuck with Potter. Not, it's not, not improved anything. So I'm not sure he's going to got someone like Pochettino and paid him good money. And then said, so this is a project and it's long term. And then he's just going to sack him. I don't know about that. It's a bit like Tenog last year, Scott. Like Tenog had grace periods to be able to get it right. And now we're 18 months on. I'm not so sure. Yeah. So maybe maybe you've got to stick with Pochettino for another six months at least. Anyway, this is a Man United pod, as I said. Subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. Apple and Spotify are the ones that this podcast is most consumed on. Uh, and watch us on YouTube as well for video. Rob's got a new uh, area where he records. 
there's studio spots. I, studio. I've even put a, I've even put a light behind my camera today to make me look more awake. So there you go. I'm Come over Scott, to YouTube to see <laughs> Uh, the promised land of Man United podcast is where you can find us. Like the video, leave a comment for us as well, and uh, subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you never miss a show. Leave a five-star review for us. It has to be five stars if you're listening on audio. Please do that as well. And uh, follow us on the socials at double underscore Scott Saunders on X Instagram and TikTok. I, I, I've said I'd be posting there more. Maybe from this week, I'll start posting from there more at underscore Rob underscore B on X and YouTube. And Rob's going to start posting videos soon. And at TPL MUFC on X as well for the account of the show. Right. <clears throat> How do we want to look at the Tottenham game? Because uh, Rob, the, the failings have been discussed. The, oh, look, Andrew's turned up in six months and he's getting his team to play possession football and mm. Man United are easy to play through. Everybody else has done that conversation. I, do you want to do it? I don't, I don't particularly want to do it because it, I that game went exactly how I thought it would go, personally. Exactly how I thought it would go. Yeah, if you could because... write a script, that's that's how it went, wasn't it? Like, it, it's so predictable. Like, I mean, and I mean the bad bits, not the good bits. United tried to loft it forward and we're talking about style and we're talking about identity. I've yeah. said this a lot. That is what Ten Hag is trying to do. It's just the players rush quite a bit. And he said in his post-match, uh, yeah, we 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 rushed it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he, he did acknowledge that they rushed it <clears throat> and they tried to do things too quickly, which is what we saw over and over again. So if you're going in <clears throat> and expecting an equivalent of Ange Ball, yeah, I think you might be disappointed. I think this is what Ten, Ten Hag is trying to play transition football. And if that is the long-term plan, then we have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but could the potential return of some players help him play better build-up football? Um, well, the, the potential well, return the, the, of players, the potential return of players, Scott, means that when they're back, if this does not improve, then you're finished. That's it. Like we've been using the same excuses. Like as two people that back Ten Hag and have backed him all the way. We've constantly said, but there's injuries. Like, I even see that on, on Twitter of people tweeting who are like pro Ten Hag, not Ten Hag out and all of that, saying the same thing. We can't judge him until the players are back. Well, they're going to start coming back now, Scott. But you're actually letting your young players go out the door. Obviously, Hannibal Medgebury is now no longer at Manchester United. You know, you've, you're letting players go towards loans, which is fine if that's what you're deciding but if you're putting all your eggs in the one basket of your senior players, like, did you see a few days ago, Ten Hag said, Scott, he goes, oh, last year, you were all telling me how great my, my transfers were. This year, you're telling me how rubbish they are. Well, that's not actually what's being said. What people are saying is, your football's not as good this year. You're not winning games in the way that you were winning them for that 25-30 game spell last season. This year, your players don't look like they know what they're doing in the ways that they did halfway through last season, maybe at the same point. That's not a good look on a manager. Like, we're not saying his, his transfers are bad, but we are saying his transfers have not helped him win more football matches. So, like you just said about wrapping up the Spurs game, I think you can put it just in a nutshell, and that is United scored two very good goals, and we gave away two absolutely abysmal, horrific goals. 
Like the Tottenham goals were horrible. And, and watching them in the flesh, it, it, yeah, it does feel 10 times worse than it does on the telly. You stand there and you're like, I think I just was like this. I was just like, it's not Halloween, is it? What date is it? It feels like a horror show again. So I don't know, mate. I, I think I think we've seen a lot of this before, and I think a lot of it now is tactical. The two goals that United conceded, we've seen those goals over and over and over and over again this season. The first, we already know United can't defend set pieces. Yeah. That's been happening for months. So Richarlison glances a header into the far post, easy as you like. They threaten from set pieces over and over again. United mm. were quite lucky not to concede more. Um, I think the second goal is the one that really irritated me, though. You know, 30 seconds after half time. Hey, lads, go out there. Make sure you don't give anything cheap away. Oh, wait, 30 seconds in, you've already conceded. And how do they concede it? Because their press didn't work. They opened up all their midfield space. One pass took out their in- the entire team, essentially. Oliver Skip ran about 40 yards, puts it out to Timo Werner, who cuts it back to Benton Kuru, beats a man, Johnny Evans, and then fires it past Onana. Like, we know the deficiencies. That, like I said, I knew exactly what was going to happen in this game. I don't know about you guys, if if you're listening and maybe you thought something would be different. But the way that Tottenham play football, the way that Man United play football, that's exactly what we got at the weekend. That's exactly what we got. And United gave away the same goals they've been giving away all season long. So, I mean, in the end, I think 2-2 was... I don't think Tottenham did a, I think Tottenham were the better team. I, don't, I wouldn't say they went and did enough to win the game because they didn't really create loads of clear-cut chances that they missed. Um, I won't say it was a fair result. Maybe Tottenham were the better team. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. And like you say, Tottenham maybe were the better team. Well, again, let's look at it like pragmatically. Tottenham have got most of their best players out at the moment. Son's not even here anymore. And they had a guy in the, in the team who is a loan signing playing his first minutes for the club, yet looked more cohesive and understanding of what the job was on the day than Manchester United showed. So I just think, Scott, I just think, like with that second goal, watching it from my spot on a halfway line, you could see United trying to initiate a press that wasn't on and Tottenham identifying that there was loads of space in midfield. Then you saw Cobby having to cover Ericsson because Ericsson had just gone and run, run towards the penalty box. And and then you're done because Cobby's looking after 50 yards of space on his own and they just went... And they're in and it's a goal. <clears throat> Sitting there watching it, Scott, it's not nice. How, there, do you, like, how do you condense that space, though? If you're going to play that way, what do you have to do? Because you, do you either play a more experienced six who's a defendant, defensive six? Or does your line push up higher? No. Do you know what you do, Scott? It's absolutely blatantly obvious what you do. It's after half time, like you just said there. For 10 minutes, you defend. You sit in. You just look <laughs> after the space. Like, come on. This is not like grand, mad tactics of like deep, deep underlying thought. This is the basics of, of, of Premier League football in any football match. We said watching United on the day felt like watching a pub team half the time because they're just frantic and running around. You're 2-1 up. The message should have been to the team, sit. Sit in. Look after the space. You know Tottenham want to run you in transition, so don't let them run. Sit there. Look after. Cobby's 18. So eight, number eight, sit with the six. 
pack it there and look after that space and don't let Tottenham score within two minutes. United do it every week. You know, when United score, that's when I always feel like we're going to concede because they haven't got a clue. They always do. They haven't got a clue how to park the bus just for 10 minutes. Now, that is a tactical issue. That's not just players. Like Ericsson last year, when Ericsson was with Casemiro, they became quite good at doing that in that 4-1-5, where Ericsson would be the eight, but would come and sit with Casemiro, turn into kind of 4-2-3-1 for a little bit. They would look after the space. They would stop getting run. This year, the tactic isn't that. The tactic is playing 4-1-4-1. And the tactic is number six, whoever you are, and it's Kobe at the moment, please go and look after everything. It's mad. That's not great tactics Scott so that's why I look at Ten Hag and I am feeling worse towards the manager because like you just said there how do you fix that well you fix it by doing just basics you know have a little bit of a mid block for 10 minutes this Man United team doesn't know how to defend it's got no idea up here how to defend which is why we're going to do a little bit today about a re returning defender who came on the pitch against Tottenham and got the most amazing you know welcome back from the old Trafford crowd because there's so much on his shoulders now with the butcher. Because United need to be better in defence, but it starts, it starts in midfield for me, but also at centre back. It's the connectivity between the back and the, and the middle lines that no team should be able to run through you in that way. It felt like watching an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer team, Scott. But yet Ole was told that he had no tactics. Why is it different with this manager? I don't know. Well, people are saying Ten Hag's got no tactics. I got no tactics, by the way. People say this a lot, like. <laughs> Yeah, there's zero tactics. No, he's actually telling them to do things, just what he's telling them to do you don't like. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's, it's poor tactical choices, I think. Like you like yeah. saying there with Ericsson, like you know Ericsson bursting out of the press from the halfway line probably ain't a good idea. Like, let, let's just put it well, out there. Maybe not. Like, you're telling him to do it, but it's probably not the greatest idea to say run 40 yards to the centre-back who's got the ball. Like, just stay in shape and let Rashford go do that. Let Hoyland go do that. Let Bruno go because Bruno can press. Don't let them all press like mad people and then lose the ball and it just goes through you within within three seconds. I don't know. Like that that to me just feels like that was happening from game one. Remember Wolves on a Monday night? Totally. So what why Mateus is it still Cunha happening? Dribbling then? through United's entire team. So maybe That's don't do it anymore. Yeah, like, like 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 I think the thing is if it was doing it in game one and here you are multiple games in now and you're not where you want to be in the table and you're not winning games like you want to win and you've had injuries then don't repeat the same things that hurt you. And United do that. They do the same things every week that really hurt the team. You've got Johnny Evans, who's an old man back there. And you've got Varane, who's lost all his mobility, I think, you know, in terms of the last year, what he maybe once had. So what's in front has to be solid. And what's in front can't just be one number six, who's 18. That's mad. And also, spot. he's not a defensive six. No, he's not. He's, he's not a real six, six to me. He's an eight. No, that's like, not a real six to me. He's an eight who's being converted into a six because he's the only one who can kind of do some of that stuff. Um, I don't know, mate. Like, I'm not, not criticizing. I, I blame Steve McLaren. Uh, yeah, not <laughs> criticizing Cobby. I not would. Cool. I would much prefer him to play in the eight. And he, did, I think he, you know, I, I just thought about this. Right? We said on a previous show, Rob. Oh, when Casemiro comes back, he's going to replace Cobby because that's just the way that. Yep. Ten Hag seems to want to do it. If yep. I'm right in saying the game where Kobe got injured, he played with Casemiro in preseason. Mm -hmm. It was yes. Casemiro, Kobe, and Bruno Fernandez. I want to say so potentially 
potentially, maybe, maybe they can play together. We'll see. Uh, Casemiro returned to the squad on Sunday, but did not get a minute. He should be back properly. United's next game is in about 10 days' time. This uh, Newport versus Eastleigh in the FA Cup re- third round replay, which is being mm-hmm. played uh, this evening as we record Tuesday evening. So uh, we'll find out who United are playing uh, by Wednesday or Tuesday night. Anyway, um, Casemiro's back, didn't get on the pitch. Lisandro Martinez is back and did get on the pitch mm. to a, a hero's reception. Like I've said this numerous times, Rob. I think Martinez's absence is the most important one for United's style, for their intensity, for their quality on the ball in possession, mm. this kind of thing, for setting the tone, setting the tempo. I think he is one of United's most important players. That's just my personal opinion. And Ten Hag has talked often about how he hasn't been able to name the same back four. And he always he always seems to say this, naming the same back four. It's, I think you'd probably go, uh, depending on who's in favour, I'd say maybe Dallow at the moment, Varane or Maguire, Martinez and Shaw. You know, uh, maybe it'll be Wan-Bissaka and, and Maguire, maybe it'll be Varane or whoever he chooses. I think he'll have his first choice pairing in his mind on that right side. But I think unquestionably the first, first choice pairing on the other side is Martinez and Shaw. Shaw pulled out uh, through, I think, illness at the weekend, but he mm. should be back as well. So you should have Martinez and Shaw back from the next time United play a game. Now, he got a hero's reception. Uh, did you see anything in Martinez on the day which gave you a little bit of hope, Rob? Because I'm going to frame this as, can Lisandro Martinez save Man United's season? Because it needs saving. Yes, is the answer to the question, which was, did we see anything? I, I think we saw, just in kind of 10 minutes at the end of the game, a little maybe what I'd call Polaroid picture of what Manchester United would want to be with a progressive centre-back doing progressive centre-back things. What you saw with Martinez is that when he got the ball, Scott, he was driving the space. So there's a channel in front of him. He's like, I'm going into this channel with the ball. And I think the whole thing with Varane and with um, Johnny Evans is that they can't do that. So therefore you have to have players that can. And last year, that was one of the big successful parts of Man United's game was when they when they got better in the season. It was because Martinez found his feet in doing that. So if you're Eric Ten Hag and you're talking about these things a lot about my selections and having to change it every week, if you've got one player back there now who plays every week, that can progress the ball and is arguably your best ball progressor with Luke Shaw, your best two players up uh, moving the ball forward. Kobe Manu is now getting into that conversation as well. Because ball, ball progression is only passing it five yards forward or running it five yards forward. Is that you look at Martinez in that 10 minute spell, Scott, and he did it. He did it. And you, and that was the one thing coming out. That was what we were chatting about. We're going, well, at least you've got Martinez back now to do that function because that is so important to Man United. Now, does it heal everything and and make everything better? Does it make you defend better from set pieces where the ball's curled into the box and you're someone three yards out from the goal who can get his head on it? I'm not so sure because we know that Martinez is not a tall lad. He's not a big lad. And and you're still being physically beaten by other teams. But I do think that if you want to play out from the back, now, Onana, I think, will look up and say, hang on. 
there's a wall player in front of me. This is nice. I can play it to this guy now. I've got another option because I think Onana's come to Man United and just hasn't got anyone to pass the ball to. They're all so filthily bad, Scott, at passing the football. Martinez that happened is a few times. That. that happened a few times the other day mm. where Onana got the ball, looked like he wanted it to run it out quickly. Yeah. And then he didn't or couldn't, much to the frustration of the home support. I think we see it every week. I think that's something we've seen every week is that last year in honor into Milan would get the ball and he would move it quickly either by his feet or with his hands and they would go quickly. They wouldn't then burst on. They would sometimes get the ball in midfield, calm it down and reset. And that was a way to getting out from the back without getting caught in a trap. This year at Man United, he hasn't got that option. And quite op- often, Scott, he does that little clip ball to the wing, which like does my head in. I watch it all the time and like, little slow clip ball towards Garnacho, And you know Garnacho's going to get out-muscled because he's a kid and he's like, you know, he's not a big lad either, is he really? Not at the moment. So at least now if you've got someone in front of you who is a ball player, that is a big step forward. And I do also think that if you bring Maguire back and Maguire gets his form that he had before and you've got Maguire right, Martinez left, I think that's something to build off. I think if those two are fit, I don't think Varane gets a look in. I've not been impressed with what I see with Varane. I think Varane is on the decline, and I totally understand why Ten Hag wasn't picking him for that period. Um, but you've been stuck because of injuries. And, and obviously, Johnny Evans is only playing because like, you haven't really got anyone else. I don't think Johnny Evans would have thought he'd have this many minutes. Can you imagine? Like that contract. Like, like, I remember saying in the summer, Johnny Evans is coming yeah. in just as cover. Yeah. He, he, he'll barely get a game. And yet they've had injuries. <laughs> had to play every bloody week. Automatic starter now. <laughs> yeah. Every single week. I agree yeah. with you. I think um, for me, when Maguire's back, I'm not sure of the status of his injury. Mm. Um, but when Maguire's back, I think it'll be him and Martinez, personally. Yeah, I think Martinez has actually built up enough kind of trust with maybe Ten Hag in his first half of the season when things were really bad, like at the start where you were losing games, you were like, one win, one loss, one win, one loss. I think the only player who came out of the back of that period with any kind of credit was was Maguire. And this is, again, a player that we said we should sell. Like, this is not a player that we have backed. We've said you One should get rid of the month. One player of the month in the Premier League, which is astonishing. But he also added leadership at a time when Manchester United looked bereft of leadership. So he, he walked straight back in the team for me, whether, whether fans like that or not. And obviously, I think Martinez starts and it will be Varane that's going to sit because I don't think Varane has a long-term future at Manchester United. I think the only way he stays is if a, maybe a new manager comes in and loves him and changes some of the stylistic properties of the tactics. But that's a long, long shot. I think he leaves for free. I think he leaves for free. And I think I think the whole fact is that man, that, that Ineos and Sir Jim Radcliffe and Dave Brailsford are looking to get these big earners off the, the wage bill that are not guaranteed starters every week. You know, like Varane goes and sits on the bench for 300 grand a week, Scott, and he's the fifth highest, highest paid player in the Premier League. It's not good look, is it? You know, it's not good look. You need to get them out of your football club quite quickly. I mean, you can see just with the charges on Everton mm. and Nottingham Forest, they haven't done things properly at, at all. But yeah. you can just see how when United say that they're teetering on the brink of FFP or... Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
um, profit and sustainability, I believe, is what the yeah what it is now. If you're teetering on the brink of it, you can pretty soon face a charge and potential points deductions. Everton could have a potential second points deduction of the same in the same season yeah. due to uh, not irregularities, or just what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, bad management of finances. Bad account in multiple it's, seasons. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. And we could see it with Everton when they were signing Allen and these kinds of players, and then he wasn't getting any any game time. And there's uh, there's countless examples. Maybe that provides uh, opportunities for United to pick off Jared Branthwaite has been linked over the last few days. Um, that's another conversation for another day. But um, you know, United have to be careful. They have to be careful. Um, but. To be honest, and maybe we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit of transfers towards the end of the show. I think you know, mm-hmm. pretty much end up with what they've got, minus a few players who leave uh, before the end of the month. It's important to remember United have had a lot of injuries, so what you've been looking at and watching has been probably without nine or ten players for every every match day for a good few months now. Yeah. Um, so, I hate to be the cliche, but hey. You got a few new signings joining you. Um, no, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't wash for me. But you know, like if United can keep everybody fit, I think they have a they have a good enough squad on paper. No, not a good enough squad. Enough players on paper mm. to uh, potentially climb up the league table. But the you know with twenty twenty one games in, it's not looking good. A lot of teams are playing a lot better. United are way off top four, top five. You know, some has got to turn around quick, and if Lisandro Martinez can help United turn their fortunes around, then uh, it'll be much needed for both United and Eric Ten Hag himself. Yeah, look, every, every club, I think, every year, you, you, you're always hoping that you don't have that one big injury crisis that really rips the heart out of your team, and we absolutely know that Man United have had that. But I'm going to keep saying it, and it is but. However, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You look at what you got, like you just said there, on paper, you have you have a viable squad that is still better than most of the league, being honest. And it might not be an elite top four squad, but a team that should be playing better football. And the performance value, Scott, I think has slowly but surely degraded. And you can see it in their work. You know, like there is a real malaise about a lot of what they're doing. Like I just described them as a pub team earlier on. And I say that not as a quip, but it does look like that. They look like kids running around sometimes, not actually playing positional football. It's supposed to be the elite level of football, Scott. They're all on 200 grand a week. You know, I think we should have higher expectations for it. Do you get what I mean? So you can look at the league table and we can say the league table doesn't lie, but you're slowly falling out of that picture. And do you remember we only said about three weeks ago, we were like, whoa, you're only three points behind Man City. It's all right, isn't it? Now, Man City have won a few games. Man City look like a team that want to contend for the title. How many points are we behind Man City now? Well, you know, a, a motorway away. You know, like we've, they've gone on and we've just sat where we are. And United are going to struggle with this, isn't it? I think Newcastle, you know, Newcastle have had injuries. And I think they lost eight games, is it, out of nine? You know, so it can happen where you lose them. But yet you watch Newcastle and you don't actually feel that the performance value has dropped massively. Like, you don't think, oh, look, they just look like they can't do it. Tottenham, same. Injuries, you kind of go, they're still playing their style of football. You don't see that at United. And that is a that is a worrying trend, is because I think Ten Hag wants New something Newcastle have lost their last four games. Just looking at this now. They've got Aston Villa away next. Newcastle? Mm. 
Yeah, Newcastle. I said Newcastle lost eight of nine in all competitions. So, like, and that is because they've had a horrific injury crisis. And this is why people are now talking about Eddie Howe. Should Eddie Howe be manager next year at Newcastle? Well, you know, he has had these injuries. I've watched a lot of Newcastle in recent weeks. They're still playing decent football. <laughs> like you watch them, they're still running. They're still trying to hit their marks. I don't feel that about Man United. Like, just to cop a couple from the on the Spurs game, Scott. You know, I think I think Wan-Bissaka was good on the day. I thought he did well. I thought Delo did well on the day. Um, I thought Hoyland did well to get his goal. I thought Rashford had good moments. But then around that, I thought Bruno worked hard in the midfield overall, but maybe didn't give us the quality we needed. And I thought Cobby was fine. But after that, it's all just fragmented. It's just like there's nothing you kind of come away with going, oh, actually, that was a big, big takeaway, a big positive. Martinez coming back was the biggest positive. And again, I kind of think there's a lot on his shoulders now. Like he, he had that injury last year, didn't he? He came back and got injured again. And I just hope that that pressure doesn't obviously put him on the sidelines once again. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on Apple and Spotify and the likes and subscribe to the channel on YouTube as well. The Promise and a Man United podcast. Like the video, leave a comment for us as well. We see plenty of comments. Uh some people quite down on the 25% thing. I did see a comment from, uh, I, I, I'm not going to dig it up now, but it was overly negative. We're going to try and sh- uh, shine a light on some positivity, mm. uh, given things aren't going too well on the pitch, but in the longer term, could things be turning around? Uh, so Jim Ratcliffe has been in Manchester since the turn of the year or around. He's been uh, meeting people at Old Trafford, meeting people at Carrington, meeting the players, meeting the manager, meeting John Murta, talking things through, this kind of thing. And early this week on Monday, he met with the MUST board, the Man United Supporters Trust board, to talk about what his plans are for Manchester United. He's accompanied by Sir Dave Brailsford, Jean-Claude Blanc. I think Sir Alex Ferguson was there as well. Mm -hmm. And it was per what must have said in this statement, an hour's discussion about where the club's at and what needs to happen to restore United back to the top. So I think I'll just run through. If You if, now you might have missed this um, because it's not, it's not exactly like headline-grabbing news. Man United are going to sign Karim Benzema for 500, 500 grand a week, this kind of thing. But it's more, this is how you should run things. You should go and face people and tell them what you want to do. This be stuff honest matters. about it. This, this stuff, stuff actually matters. quite matters because <laughs> yeah. the Glazers, how many games have they attended at Old Trafford since they took over? Exactly. Not Not he's many. already he's already been to one. United played what one, two Premier League games this month? Yeah. That's it. And in the US have been at all the games. They've had representation yes. at every game. So <clears throat> must have said obviously the this has not been uh, not been ratified yet, so we can't actually give us the full picture, tell us everything, because we are still waiting on things to be ratified. He's limited as to what he can say, but as must have said here, um, we felt he was as open as he could be within the rules, given the transaction hasn't actually completed and been ratified yet. Yeah. It's uh, he also met the, the press at Old Trafford before the game at, against Tottenham in the press room at Old Trafford on Sunday, uh, but in this meeting with Must, I'm going to read an extract of their, their statement here. His main message was that everything at 
everything at United needs to be ruthlessly focused on creating winning teams on the field. Yeah. Something we are sure all fans will agree on. He has also expressed the view that he views our club as a community asset and stressed that his purpose in taking a share in United is not to make money. Hmm. We were able to set out to Sir Jim what we think the key priorities are, a clear plan to get back to the top, putting in place a football structure with the right people in the right roles, an investment plan in both the teams and the stadium, and building a genuine and strong partnership with fans that support success. Now, <laughs> as they went went on to say, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating, which I quite enjoyed. Um, but it's completely right. And obviously, Sir Jim has... Yeah, he tried to buy Chelsea. Yeah, he did. But he's local to the team. <clears throat> Rob and I made absolutely no secret ever of which side we went on in the sense of who's going to get the share of the club, who's going to who's going to take over, who's going to have sporting control, this kind of thing. I was always more confident. I always wanted somebody who would come in and be smart rather than somebody who would come in and spend loads of money. Because I've seen United spend loads of money. If you spend it erroneously, it doesn't make a difference. If anything, you're backwards, which is where mm. we are now. Yeah. Um, and just before I bring you in, Rob, as well, there was a... After the game uh, on Sunday, because obviously you were at the stadium, and you might not have seen this, but Sky ran a extract of uh, Sir, Dave Brailford, Sir Dave Brailsford speaking with Nasser Hussein, who's played cricket for England, mm. uh, talking as part of a series. But he was asked about his career and how he runs things in his various different roles. Uh, a quote that stood out to me, something he said, a star team will always beat a team of stars. And I thought, wow. Yes. I saw that. Just, just let that sink in a second. A star team will always beat a team of stars. Now think of that in the current context. Think of how Ed Woodward saw Manchester United and their commercial pulling power. Think about the, the reasons why they signed Paul Pogba. Think about the reasons why they signed Angel Di Maria. Think about the reasons why they've signed, they've broken world records at times. They've, you know, signed players that they didn't really need. They signed players because they were popular. A star team will always beat a team of stars. And then look at Liverpool, right? Man mm -hmm. City are a different kettle of fish. They're, they're, they've got endless backing, this kind of thing. Think of Liverpool. This is, this is the, and it's, it's, it's some harsh truths. I know Liverpool have only won one Premier League title, but I'm sure most United fans would trade Liverpool's position for United's position currently. Liverpool have built a team and made their own stars. They've been, yeah, they spent money, big money at times, but you think about, I think the watershed moment for me really was, oh, look, we've got Coutinho. Let's sell him to a club who don't have a clue what the hell they're doing for plus 100 million quid and then buy two players that can really move the needle for us. One from Southampton, and won as Roma's second choice goalkeeper. Now Allison is, I know, uh, I think Edison won the best goalkeeper at the FIFA Awards last night. Allison's the best keeper in the world for me. And this is not a Liverpool podcast, but what I'm saying is how, is, how refreshing is it, Rob, to hear what, A, what Sir Dave Brailsford has said, and B, what Sir Jim has said. And how do you think this can end up taking United forward? How can we leave this chapter behind? Do you have faith that we will leave this chapter behind and move on to something better? It's, you know what? It's not plagiarism if the best in class are doing it one way and winning and you want to win as well. So Man United absolutely need to look at all of those businesses and football clubs 
and understand why they win. And that that one key statement from Brailsford about stars and what you've just said there, Scott, in your your monologue about it is about that that when you look at a team and you did say Man City, so I'm actually going to use them as the example. When you look at Man City, Foden, Bernardo Silva, um, Doku, you look at Ruben Diaz. None of them are stars. They're not superstar footballers. Haaland was the only one. No, you're right. Ha- Haaland's the only star, really. That and saw. Haaland's come in in the last 12 months. So Haaland was like, we need a striker. Let's go get the best. So that's okay. But the build, and you said with Liverpool, all the successful teams throughout history, like you can look at the Galactico projects as something different. Ed Woodward was absolutely obsessed about creating Real Madrid in Manchester. And we have been on that cycle for 10 years. And guess what? It hasn't worked. Get away from that cycle. It hurts you. So I think when you look at, at all these teams that have done well, Arsenal, Arsenal, like the kids, like Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, you look through the team, even Declan Rice to an extent. Declan Rice is, is a like well-renowned England footballer. Yes, I understand that. Big, big price, but not really a superstar. Not really. It's been brought in to do a job. Man United haven't done it for a long time, Scott. They're more players in to do the job, except the job of selling shirts. And yes, United are still very good at that. But I think you've got to get... the. Uh, there's no doubt for me, any of us know you've got to get away from that. They, they know that that is a, f- a flawed Glazer system that's taken Man United down this horrible dark alleyway where we're just prone to being, being the loser every week. You know, like you see this and it's the same issue. So, uh, again... You know, we talked about tactics earlier on with Ten Hag, like just sit some midfielders in there, Eric, for 10 minutes. I almost you can you can apply that to bigger strategy as well. It's like, don't do the stuff that hurts you anymore. Stop that. And maybe scout properly, maybe go and buy in the, the Julian Alvarez markets, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. They do exist. Go get those players and do it now. Like get on with it and don't worry about losing the next week or whether you're playing a kid next week or whatever. Don't worry about whether you're selling a shirt next week. Worry about building a football team. Yeah, uh, just wanted to nail that point home, really, just because, you know, I'm aware of the division that Qatar versus Ineos hmm. provided. I'm aware that that kind of still exists. And people look at, he's bought 25% and can't distinguish between and like I'm happy to explain this, but it's not the case. Like just because he owns 25% of the shares and it could go up to what 29% once everything goes through and the investment comes through. Yes, that's 29, 25% of the shares, but the sporting control is 100. Mm. So and that's what matters. making the people that are making the decisions on which players are hired, which sporting director United have, which players are sold, which players are offloaded. All of this stuff is going to be in the hands of Ineos. And you can look at Sir Dave Brailsford and say, he's got no experience in football. He's only been at Nice, really. But that's not the point. Like, he's come in as a successful uh, person in sports, but he's going to look at appointing people who are experienced in football, best in class in football, to make football decisions. So when we talk about Dave Brailsford, it's not going to be him making all of the, oh, look, I, I like that player over there. Let's go and sign him for 25 million. That's going to be somebody else's job, but Dave Brailsford's going to bring that person in. So for me, like, there's a lot of reasons to be downtrodden. 
what we're seeing on the pitch at the moment isn't good enough. It simply isn't. I'm hoping that'll change at some point. But for the first time, I have a little bit more hope that things will change. And I've said numerous times on this pod that what's the point sacking the manager? You've got to change everything upstairs first. This next six months, five months, is time for the manager to prove that he's going to be a part or he deserves to be a part of what's going to happen moving forward. We've got to see more from him, just like we have to see more from Marcus Rashford, just like we have to see more from Casemiro, just like we have to see more from Lisandro Martinez, just like we have to see more from Mason Mount. All of these players, everybody needs to start hitting a certain standard. And if you're not hitting a certain standard, we can move on without you. And that's the way that a successful club should be run. It's the only way a club should be run, being completely honest. That is how you run your business in football. And, you know, we've talked about Ralph Ranick's ideas many, many times on this podcast. And Ralph's overall idea was that you need to get rid of 10 and buy 10 new players. That was his That was his mantra, like the starting block. Like you need to be able to reinvest in your squad, but you need to do it at a kind of a level where it's not 10 superstars. It's 10 players that can win you a football match every week. And I think that's exactly where we are now with Ineos is that it just said there about Dave Brailsford. It's so faux, Scott, where people have said that to me as well. Like, oh, you know, his experience levels. Anyone who knows anything about elite sport knows how those things all cross over. And they do. They all cross over in terms of how you make high performance repeat across all sports. Yes, you go get the best in class in football, don't you? You go get a sporting director and a football director. You do all those things. Ineos are in the process of doing that. but. The whole thing about Qatar, going back to that, is that the Qatar were no more prepared to go and change Manchester United than than anyone else. And I think Qatar might have just repeated the same Glazer mistakes, which is you just go buy big, go go get the big name who 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 is shiny and excites everyone. We get excited for five minutes. We probably should end the show on, on a potential signing for Manchester United, which we can debate. But you go buy big names only if they're going to go and win you games, Scott. That's the way you do it. And I think with Man United, there's been so many signings that just do not foister that. Do not foister good habits. Do not foister repetitive victories. Do not get you to where you want to be. It's the same cycle of bad decisions. And now you've got someone who's got the opportunity to do that. Forget the 25%. He's going to be running it all. So he's going to put his neck on the block. And as you said, he was at the stadium the other day. It was refreshing to see an owner who's got an interest at Manchester United to actually come and watch our football team. Not saying he even enjoyed it, but, you know. But it's good he saw it. I thought that. I thought, it's good you're watching this with your... You're not not in Monaco watching this on a little TV somewhere. Well, I'm sure he's got a big TV. But, you know, it's it's a guy in the stadium, and I'm sure he He'd have sensed the displeasure in the stadium as well. He'd have sensed the... Absolutely. Not panic. Um... What's the word I'm looking for here? Kind of, it, you know, we've used the word malaise before, and it's a bit yeah, like, malaise. Like, it's, it's it's hazy. Like everyone is there going, we we spend a lot of money coming to see United. The fans have come from across the world. Uh, in front of me in the stadium, there were guys that had come from America. Um, we're there with their, they come once a year, and that's what they come to watch. And they spend hundreds and thousands of pounds a year. And you need that revenue to be able to go buy players down the line to make your team better. And I'm sure he sat there thinking, this is a business that doesn't work at the moment because the football team is absolutely trash. And you've got players to come back in from injuries. Does that make you better? This is a big 
big call for now, Ten Hag. If Ten Hag can make things better, Scott, in the next six to eight weeks with players coming back, we might be having a slightly different conversation. We might be saying, ah, oh, we've got over a hump. I don't feel it. I'm in sat in the stadium and I don't feel it at Old Trafford. I don't feel that this team will suddenly progress just because it's got one or two players back. Right. Let's end the show. In light of everything that we've just said, <laughs> should your Man United sign Karen Benzema? I laughed when I saw that on the agenda for today. Um, of course. It's going round, Rob. I think we have of to course talk it is. about it, to be honest. It's going around. It's going around and it's valid. It's valid because this is exactly the kind of signing that Ed Woodward would have got out of bed for. You know, either being like, oh, Karen Benzema. Kind of sign- I'm not even saying that this is the kind of signing Man United make. Yeah. They sign this player over and over again. Maybe, maybe a little bit lower profile. But, hey, he used to play for Real Madrid. <laughs> won a few, he's won a Ballon d'Or. He's won a he few, won the Ballon d'Or. He's won a few European Cups, and he? And he's, uh, he's won everything, isn't he? He's won absolutely He's got everything. a little bit of off-field baggage. Just a little bit. Kind of Just perfect for Man United, isn't it? <laughs> Somebody's got off-field baggage. Like, yeah, we want to deal with all that again, don't we? Like, no thanks. Um, yeah, it's going around. And I think the fact is that uh, I'm looking maybe for a loan. It's quite interesting, it's got these players that went to Saudi for the money. There's now quite a lot of discourse, a lot of players going, actually, I've done this for a few months, don't want to do it anymore. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, Karen Benzema, for me, I'm just going to be black and white about it, Scott. The answer is no, no. I don't want Karen Benzema. I'm not interested in six months of Karen Benzema. It would be interesting to watch. It'd be quite fun. And I'm sure when he comes out at Old Trafford, we'd all cheer. And I'm sure he'd score a good few goals. But he is not what the football club needs. He would come on a massive wage and it would be the same issue. We'd be like, well, Karim's jogging this week. What's the problem? It's the same thing when you bought Ronaldo. You bought Ronaldo with all of the issues and you knew what was coming somewhere quickly down the line and it came quicker than people wanted it to. And I think it's the same with Benzema. Six months loan. Yeah, he'd give you more up top than maybe Hoyland, but I'd rather see Hoyland start every game. I don't want Hoyland suddenly then go and sit on the bench for six months while he like feeds the shirt seller. Karen Benzema, fantastic footballer, someone who's absolutely loved by Sir Alex Ferguson, who's now very much back in the fold in terms of decision-making and will be advising Ineos. Do I think that they're going to pay his wage to come to the Premier League for six months? If they did, Scott, they'd be mad. It's a mad signing because I don't think it gets you in the top four. I really don't because we can't supply Benzema. We haven't got creative players that get the ball on the end, end of a striker's foot. You know, you could say Bruno does that to an extent, but United's problem is through creativity and through systems. I don't know. What do you think, Scott? You tell us. Part of me wants to say one more for old time's sake. <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't think United are going to... I don't think United should, or even that United will. Maybe maybe we do sign a, a player on loan, but honestly, in the mm. striker's position, I think it's dependent on anti-Martial. And I don't think Martial's going anywhere this month. And maybe if maybe they could take a brave decision to t- to cancel his contract. I don't I don't know. And then get somebody in. But why would you do that? Really, just let it run for another six months. Make do with what you've got. United should like the, Rob. There's no question. United should be getting more goals out of what they've got anyway. You know, I, I don't think that magically dropping Karen Benzema in is going to fix everything, and he's going going to go and get twenty goals in. Uh, you know, 17 games or whatever it is that's left. It's not the case. 
Um, like I say, you imagine all the off like off field issues that Benzema. I hadn't even thought of this before coming in, but the off field issues Benzema's had in the past. Can you imagine that being dredged up in the UK media for six months? They're, they would absolutely dine out on it. And uh, you know, just uh, look, we're, we're already talking about it because it's been speculated on. There's nothing tangible to this. We just thought it might be a fun conversation to have. To be honest, uh, you know, one more for old times' sake, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, I, I'm in a position where I think I'm hoping that by the summer we can actually see something different, a different plan, because the ratification of this deal with Sir Jim isn't going to go through until like mid February, probably. Mm. This 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 window is going to come too early, so maybe we will see one final loan signing of the of the ilk of the past few years. A Cavani kind of thing. I know we were brought in on a permanent deal, but you know, United have done this before, haven't they? But they have to get through the rest of the season. I'm happy like wherever United end up this season, it is what it is to me. It doesn't stop you um planning and making making your plan. If you get in the Champions League, sure thing, it'll give you a little bit more money in your pocket. If you don't finish in the Champions League positions, it'll put a little bit more pressure on you to do mm. the clear out a bit quicker to raise some money. I don't think it's a bad thing, personally. But, you know, we are where we are. And uh, it's, on, it's on Ten Hag now, in the next six months, to get the most out of the players that he's got. Because United have a lot of talent and a lot of quality. They need to be playing better than they are. And it's on the coach, it's on the players for the rest of the season to go and make a better fist of it than they previously have. Because if they can't do it, fingers crossed, there's no mercy with decisions that are made moving forward for the betterment of the football club. Well, what did Must say, didn't they? They used the word ruthless. He's coming here to ruthlessly change things, talking to Jim Ratcliffe. And, you know, ruthless changes are not bringing in Karen Benzema, is it? That's not a ruthless change. That is trying to stats pad and trying to get some goals from somewhere and sell some more shirts and sell some more merchandise, which, of course, it would do. Um, no, I, I'm not down with it, Scott. I, I only really want to see now when I go to Old Trafford is that there is some plan on the football pitch with the players that we've got. And if you bring in a loan sign-in one or two, or maybe if there's a sign-in out there that you think is a permanent sign-in that could really help you, but it's a long-term sign-in and you can make that with the FFP obviously hanging over you, then yes, go and do that. But sign young, sign hungry, sign progressive. Let's get away from this model of veterans. Like veterans can help you, but they're kind of cherries on the cakes. Ericsson, when he came from Brentford, I like that signing because he was going to help you immediately. And, you know, he might have played some number 10 for you. Funnily enough, under this manager, he's never played number 10. So it, it, it's those kind of things now I want from Eric Ten Hag. The, the judgment is on Eric now, Scott. Like the judgment is on this manager and his tactics. This is what we're going to be judging in the weeks ahead. We're not even going to be judging the players, I don't think, so much because we know they're dysfunctional. It's up to the manager now to find more function out of them. And it has to come quickly. I don't think he's got long. You've got an FA Cup tie coming up. You lose an FA Cup tie to a, a minnow. I don't think you've got much time. You've, you've run out. You know, it's just like the clock is all, it's like ticking away there and you're in trouble. So this transfer market, I think as well, is a little bit, you know, it's kind of come almost a little bit too too quick in a way for the manager. Like he's being judged in a period where I think he would be saying to the new the new owners, he'd be saying to Jim Ratcliffe, yeah, I want new players. But I think Jim Ratcliffe would be saying, not quite sure I'm giving you new players, mate, when your tactics are like this. You know, you're not showing that 
that it, you're only one or two players away from being uh, a better football team. So there's going to be a lot of this, Scott, in the weeks ahead. Like, again, guys that watch our comment, uh, our show, please comment and tell us what you think about Eric Ten Hag and tell us that we'll feed off your comments and, and work from them. Because there's a lot of people, I think, that are now starting to feel that, even though they back Eric Ten Hag, what they're watching is very hard to justify. As Rob says, get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us as well on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders on X Instagram, TikTok at underscore Rob underscore B on X on YouTube and at TPL MUFC on X as well for the show. And uh, we'll wrap it there, I think, Rob. Uh, just shy of an hour. Subscribe wherever you get your, wow. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube as well. The Promise and the Man United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment. Hit the notification bell and uh, get in touch with us, as I've just said there. Um, we'll be back later this week. No game for United this weekend, so whatever the hell will we talk about on Friday? There'll be loads. There always yeah. is. Yes, indeed. It is Manchester United. And uh, any final thoughts? No, no final thoughts. Just to let you know a little bit more, you said at the top of the show, I'm going to be doing some more live shows now on my YouTube channel. So if you follow me there at underscore Rob underscore B, and you'll see kind of what I'm going to be doing the next week or two. Just going to be more live comment stuff, really, where I kind of go live for 20 or 30 minutes and speak to you guys. So I'll need you lot to come and follow and jump in and give plenty of comments and tell us what you want to talk about. Uh, and I'll be there nattering away with all of you. Yeah, and uh, since we're doing that... I'll be doing more video on uh, 90 min underscore football on YouTube Scott as well. Although Scott it's Talk. not just not just me. It's not just Man United in that sphere. It's, uh, yeah, there's, there's multiple fans of multiple different teams, multiple people talking about multiple different subjects, not only Manchester United. But, um, yeah, you can follow us, get in touch with us, like we say. Thanks for listening to the Promised Land podcast, and we'll see you soon. Until next time, everyone, thanks for listening, and see you soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.